Hello, friend. Thank you for tuning in. This week, I have another edition of Randomness Volume 2, because why not? <sighs> why not? So, um, as I've mentioned before, I am homemaking, and that process is going very, very well, and I'm planting succulents and morning glories, and or I transplanted a morning glory, and I'm homemaking and organizing my kitchen cabinets and just little things that make life run better that aren't really interesting to talk about. And I just haven't had the wherewithal to record the podcast that I promised I would record for you. So, so here we are. Hashtag nervous laughter. Hashtag nervous embarrassed laughter. Um... I've, I've, there was a quote by Elizabeth Elliot that just, it summarizes my current thought process. Let me, let me look this up and find it for you. If we wait until we're sure we'll do a thing purely and perfectly, we'll never accomplish the will of God on earth. Elizabeth Elliot. That that summarizes and validates my thought process this past week. See, I keep taking time offline. And maybe not even two weeks ago, I said, I'm going to take a week offline every month because I can't function. And I can't focus. And I'm going to do this thing. And yeah, basically, I got offline early. And then I came back, and then I was on for five days, and then I was tired again. It's like, okay, this is not sustainable. I need to think of something different. So, um, I have winterized my social media. And by winterized, I mean I've changed my username on Twitter and Instagram to reflect the paren offline status. I, my pinned tweet has a little closed shop emoji. Jif, bleh. Blah. I'm doing a podcast and I can't talk. What is this? And then, um... Okay, is this still... Okay, I'm trying a new method of recording today. And I have to kind of make sure that it's still recording. Because I'm kind of making coffee and cleaning up the kitchen from cooking an entire four pounds worth of chicken breasts in the skillet. So they're all nice and browned. And they've got the salt and the pepper and the browning. And now I can just cut them up and add them to stuff and heat them up and boom, instant easy dinner. Pour pasta sauce on toss, on stop, add cheese, put it in the, put it in the toaster oven, boom, call it chicken parmesan. That was a fun tangent. So I'm trying a new form of recording today and it basically means I'm holding my phone next to my mouth. So hopefully this sounds good. Um, so to, to, meander back to what I was saying I can't be on social and create it's just I'm an all or nothing kind of person I I I have what they call an addictive personality and that's not a bad thing it's just it just is and I you know in the in the ADD world they call it hyper focus and I 
I hyper-focus. I forget about everything else except that one thing, whatever it is. And and I'm going to organize it into oblivion and, and it... Blah. Yeah. So I... I'm not good at living a balanced life. I just... The only thing I do halfway is cookie dough. I've been saying that for years, and it's still true. So... Excuse the dishes. I have winterized my social media. Facebook.com slash MegLivingInsideOut is pointing towards my personal profile, and hopefully that'll work out for me and work out for everybody else I it used to be its own Facebook page but it just it just wasn't getting enough traction and Facebook is Facebook pages are hard man I I can't do it I can't do it so it's so I deleted that Facebook page and I deleted my old New Jersey Preacher Girl Facebook page that I tried to delete like a million years ago, but then it just marked as unpublished, and anyways, now they're both gone, which is kind of a relief. It feels like a clean slate. I know what's out there. It's just, it had a bunch of video vlogs from when I was in Florida, and they weren't bad vlogs, but they're on my YouTube and my archive list. You don't need to get to them from my Facebook. That's not what people are there for. I mean, if people are there at all. I don't know. Um, Ooh, let me see if my morning glory is growing. It is! Yay! It's... we When we switched apartments, um, there was a an older plant that was exposed to a lot of sunlight. And so it didn't really grow very big. Um, but I knew it had good root structure. And um, we had... Like, three days where it rained every single day. So, I knew it was super hydrated. And then, the the um, the gentleman at Lowe's told me that really it's best to do transplanting after dark. Because then the plants don't know any different. And they just kind of wake up in the morning. <laughs> so, I, in the dead of night, I snuck up to my old apartment and dug up the root structure... And, um, planted and planted it in my little planter thing. And it's climbing up a piece of twine, you know, happy camper. No yellow leaves and sadness like it was before. So, so that's important to me, but it's not interesting for social media. Like, that's the thing. Like the, 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 uh, one of my favorite tweets and I've, posted this in my archive before is probably last week I did was be small and intentional it's more meaningful and um that's the thing like the meaningful things in life are the tiny things the little things that you do well I heard a a quote recently um that food and cooking is nurture and my husband loves food, and the way to his heart is most definitely through his stomach. Um, speaking of which, I'm going to put his dirty dishes in the dishwasher. Um, and so, at any time I make him a good meal that just makes him feel loved and nourished, it 
it nurtures our relationship. Like, that's important. But I can't live stream cooking my husband a meal. That's not... That That's not interesting. I mean, I did try to videotape myself um, cooking white lasagna one time. And it's a really great recipe. I'll have to post it somewhere. But... I'm sorry, it's too much work to edit that sucker into a vlog. Like, I I don't have the time and the life for that. Like, God, I'm trying to edit dance films. I'm trying to set up my editing computer so that I can edit dance films. And that looks like rearranging all the clutter in in the house and pouring more decaf coffee because I don't do caffeine, but I really do love all my comfort beverages, so hooray for coffee. Um, And yes, I know there's a time and place for decaf, and some people say that that is never and in the trash, but, you know, more for me. More for me. Just like Ben doesn't like avocados. More for me. More for me. (sighs) Guacamole, too. Mm -mm 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 -mm. Yeah, give give me the guac. Give me the guac. So I've been thinking about, okay, what can I do that is sustainable? Um, How can I have the best effect on this world? Impact, if you want to call it that. Why did I use milk when I could have used half and half in my coffee? Like, um, that's, that's sad. That's sad. That's real sad. As Ben and I would say, where, where, Ben, where do we even get that phrase from? Oh, oh, the Pixar Sad Lab. That's right. Yeah, he's not here. I'm just t- trying to talk to him in my head, and he's listening to this. Very amused. Um, anyways, the Pixar Sad Lab. Look it up. It's a fun video on YouTube. And they basically test out different things to try to make people cry. And it's, it's kind of hilarious. It's way hilarious. So now we say, that's sad. Is that sad? That's sad. Yeah. I got an Amazon gift card for my birthday. And I bought night lights that have little switches on them. And I plugged them into... I plugged three of them into my outlets on my in my kitchen. And so now I have like under the cabinet lighting like the fancy apartments have except mine is just night lights and I have to switch it all at once it's a little high maintenance but I'm kind of in love and it just creates such a nice warm atmosphere you know let's talk about homemaking because that's what this that's what this podcast is turning into so I'm just gonna own it and run with it and hope that it's interesting um Ben's best friend is really awesome, and we're friends, I'm friends with him, and we're also friends with his parents. So, um, and I'm trying to, like, think through the the names I'm going to give people, because I'm going to try to protect identities and anonymity and personal life, that sort of thing. So, um... Um, so we visited, um, El Sergius. That's what we'll go. So we visited, that's his, like, 
public moniker from when they did podcasting on YouTube way back in the day. Yeah. Um, and that is still public. So El Sergius, we visited El Sergius's parents. They're only like three hours away from us. It's not bad. And, um, so we stayed there for a couple days in their guest room and we went to an art museum and we just hung out and we played card games and exploding kittens and, um, um, El Sergius's mom is amazing. Like, she's this tiny woman in a cute, sweet, tiny home. But, like, you know when something is, like, small, but the quality is, like, incredible? It's, like, kind of... I would rather have a single immaculate chocolate truffle than an entire box of Tootsie Rolls. Bag of Tootsie Rolls, because they don't send boxes. Does that make sense to you? Their family home is, like... A single amazing chocolate truffle. Oh my gosh. It's like it's small. It's like there's literally just enough space. It's super comfortable. It's not tight at all. But it's just it's tiny and it's well kept. But that <laughs> I'm failing to explain it. Okay, so she has a glass, a hanging glass jar by her stove, and she picks tiny little flowers and puts them in there. And then lets them dry. And so she has this gorgeous baby dried flower bouquet. It is... And then she has like teeny tiny artwork displayed all over the house. And she's got her father's... um, This is El Sergius's grandfather now. She has some of his architectural sketches framed along the stairwell. Um... She has painted the entire house since I've been there. So it's not even the same color anymore. So hopefully we'll be able to visit them again soon. And um, I'll see what color she picked. Um, But just like she has... She just has tiny, beautiful artwork everywhere. And that phrase, it just doesn't even capture the magic of... The beauty of this family home. So, we visited El Sergius and his parents and his brother over Christmas last year. Um, And we'd only been married for like five months at that point. So, we're still figuring it out, settling in. I literally just started my vitamins. So, I was just starting to have energy and feel normal, relatively. Um, And... Staying in that home, in the guest room, and, like, the sheets are beautiful quality, and the light from the windows is beautiful, and the drapes are beautiful, and the, it's just, like, oh, it's so, and, like, and now that I've done my wedging registry, and I'm in this, like, I look at these sorts of quality things, and I'm, like, oh, my gosh, those are, that's, like, probably 200 $300 for one set of those sheets, and, like, you know, comparable amount relatively for, you know, those nice blinds on the window and that sort of thing. So, like, the way I grew up, we were just, we were homeschooled and, you know, we did it the old-fashioned way where it was one income and one homemaker and 
you know, you're trying to launch three kids from one income. And very few people do that today, which is ridiculous because we've bought into this high-end lifestyle, but we've also traded our time and our sanity for it. Anyways, that's not the rant I'm going on. So, what the point I am trying to make is that growing up, um, my, my parents were very practical. Very practical. And I, I respect that. I appreciate it. I'm so glad I got that drilled into me. Um, but staying with the family of El Sergius really taught me that there is a special place in God's heart for beauty and for homemaking. And I left that family home feeling more nourished in my soul than I've ever felt at a fancy hotel. Um, And just staying in that house was comparable to having a deep, intimate conversation with an old, old friend. Um, And at the end of it, you just feel that cathartic sigh of relief and acceptance and... um, I'm a verbal processor. That that is a tangent I could go on, but I'll try not to go on just now. That just the implications of that have been mind-blowing and so affirming and it's part of the reason why I'm doing this podcast and it's part of why this podcast is so natural to me and it, and it's also part of the reason why it surprises me that this podcast blesses people because I'm literally just talking out loud thinking through my life. But this is Meg living inside out, and this is why I started my vlog, and people love that, and I've got girlfriends who have watched all of those vlogs and are very thankful I recorded them, so I'm just kind of recording this in faith, knowing, okay, I'm wired to be a verbal processor, and talking on my podcast helps. So, here we are. So, this home just gives you that nurture feeling that I was talking about with food and you can't mass produce nurture you can't mass produce elbow grease you can delegate and throw money at problems all the live long day but if you don't care about something it's never going to reach the quality that it could Mm, coffee And so, um, staying with the El Sergius family really gave me a peace and a validation that God created my love for beauty, and he put that in me. Um, And that was, he's used multiple things to emphasize to me that he created me that way, but that was one of the things that just really went very deep and um, I came back from that visit in December and I just started reorganizing my house and putting away clutter and simplifying and um, when we saw when we saw their family again passing through for a day a couple weeks ago um, 
I came home after talking with them and hearing that she'd painted her entire house. And I, I just felt so inspired to do the exact same thing. Like, okay, how can I make my home a place of beauty and vitality and restoration and a sanctuary? You know, the, the fanciest building in the entire world is still a tent compared to the palace that God is preparing for us. So I'm not saying that we should try and make this the end-all be-all. But at the same time, there is a place for... In Psalm 23, God promises that he will provide rest for our souls. He will restore our souls. And in the Gospels, he says he will provide rest for our souls. Excuse me, scripture. It's important. Um, Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lay down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yes, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And then in the Gospels, it says, Jesus says, Come to me, all ye who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest for your souls. Take my yoke upon you, for my burden is easy and my yoke is light. And that is Meg memory paraphrase, so we're not going to compare that against translations because you're big peoples and you can go look up your concordance and look up your Bible app search and find those passages for yourselves. So, he does promise us soul rest. And maybe this sounds really stupid, but hear me out. I am determined to switch the dryer door hinge. Maybe that doesn't make sense. Okay, the way that our dryer is set up inside the closet... You open the door, you've got the washer on the left and the dryer on the the right. The way that the dryer door opens, it opens up towards you, so it blocks you if you want to get in and out. I want to switch that hinge so it opens up away from you and it goes towards the back wall, and then I can just pull my clothes out. Little things like that that stress me out on a day-to-day basis, I have no tolerance for them anymore. And I'm taking them on. I'm taking them down. So I've got a... (laughs) Similarly, um, I have a list in Trello. Trello is our family uh, list app. Excellent, excellent app. Ben has used it at both of his workplaces, and it's it's a fantastic app. Um, We keep our grocery list in there, so we always know... um, So we always have a shared grocery list, and then either person can go grocery shopping, or Ben can put something on right as I'm headed to the store or something. 
I mean, every once in a while, we'll still forget to buy this, that, the other, just because it slipped our minds and it was on the list, but, or I forgot to check it, <laughs> but that's, but that's the exception, not the rule. So Trello works really well for us, and we've got a board dedicated to meals and another board dedicated to homemaking. And on the homemaking list, I have a card on my Trello board dedicated to removing the the sticky bumpers that are no longer bumpers from my cabinet corners. And we got a bottle of Gooby Gone and... I'm just kind of working away at it one by one. I need to clean my admin nook desk here because it's kind of a pile of everything. Hey, I should I need to do something with this item at some point in the course of my existence and it ends up in my my admin nook desk. So, which is like a little built-in desk next to the kitchen and um which is really helpful because it's in the main area, so it, if it's, if it's cluttered, it's obvious to me, and it is constantly drawing my attention, and then it also keeps that same clutter separate from my art studio, which is not even set up at this point, <laughs> which is bad, but, you know, I made the bed yesterday, the guest bed, excuse me, so that's progress. Um, so I've got my gooby gone hanging out here at my desk and you know bit by bit I'm gonna remove the gummy cabinet corners and put new fresh felt padding there and um yeah yeah I I tweeted recently I'm sparing no effort in making our home see buying a bottle of gooby gone takes like oh gosh we spent maybe four or five bucks on it and then paper towel but the amount of elbow grease and love that goes into that is priceless. There's there's no money you can put on that. So I'm pouring a lot of love into our home because I want Ben to feel loved and I want I want to feel less stressed and and I want to have a sanctuary where I can create artwork that really blesses people for years to come and the more I get into this this quiet side of life the less I have energy for the the treadmill that is social media I I can't keep up with with all the I can't keep up with the group chat I can't keep up with the bandwagons. I love making Twitter threads, but even just replying to people tires me out. I'm whining now, and I'm so sorry, but I always wanted to be famous. But really, what I realized is that I just, I want to be understood, and I want to be known, and that's how God's wired me. But... Most of the time, famous means that you're well-known, but you're not necessarily personally understood. And I'm, I'm making peace with that. I'm okay with that. It's just, I have to figure out how to be as fruitful as possible and, and not die from burnout. <laughs> like, creativity needs, 
a safe environment to to um to foster it you know and as much as I love posting a twitter thread and seeing all the art replies and engaging it and and bonding with people in direct messages oh my gosh I if you've connected with me in direct messages thank you like that that to me is the heart and soul of social media and logging out it really kills me that I'm not going to be able to do that as much anymore. Um, I am on Facebook Messenger, and that is a that is a a good place. Um, if you bombard me with forward spam, I will mute you and and then ignore you. So please be respectful and don't do that. Um, but besides that, like, that's, like, one in, you know, one in a hundred people. So besides that, Facebook Messenger is, is a good place, um, to connect still. But even that, like, man, you have to understand, I can sit on my phone for hours at a time. Hours. And the day just rolls on by. And... For me to sit and create, I have to get in a zone. That's not like a 10-minute warm-up, do the thing, snap out of it kind of thing. Like, you have to dedicate the entire day to whatever creative process that is. And if I'm trying to detox my social media, but in the back of my head I'm still thinking about how is Gwen doing? How is Brooke doing? How is the other Brooke doing? How is Aubrey doing? Like... And Leanne and Rochelle and Bailey and Janelle and Sydney and all these people I care about. And if I didn't mention your name, that that doesn't count. But Cecilia and, yeah, all the peoples and Melody and my new Sarah friends and, and the Hannahs. All of the Hannahs. And Abby, baby, how are you? Um, so if I'm, like... Abby has my phone number. She's cool. She, if she knows that if she's melting and having a breakdown, she can text me. And I'm relatively decent at getting back to texts depending on the day. Um, so I've been trying to transition a lot of my internet friends to phone or Facebook Messenger. Um, but if I'm trying to detox... And I'm trying to process, okay, who's that new person I met? And how are they doing? And what's that prayer request they told me about? Like, if my brain is on that, I'm not going to be able to get in the zone to create. And as much as my idealistic INFJ self would love to counsel the entire internet, that's not reasonable. <laughs> it's just not realistic. And me saying this is the first time I'm accepting that. So... Thank you, Internet. Thank you for listening. Mm. I'm going to talk about being a verbal processor. Okay. So I was talking with my girlfriend, Bethany, for three hours two days ago. It was amazing helping her with a project. And she said something that absolutely changed my life. 
Lots of things have changed my life in very tiny, incremental, wonderful ways, and this is one of them. Quote, cutting off a verbal processor is the most disrespectful, damaging thing you can do to them. And that's, I think that's, that's how I wrote it down, but I don't think that's how she said it, but like, the word devalue or the concept of like, you know, removing validation was definitely in there. So we talked about that a couple days ago. And then later that night, I was sitting on my porch until three in the morning for whatever reason. And I just, I started to filter through all of my old friendships based on that principle. And I realized that the friendships where I feel most safe are with the people who just let me talk. And they don't judge me for it. And they don't cut me off. And... Like... Okay, so this is the part where... This is the part where I have to explain why I'm a hypocrite and how I'm working on it. A lot of times when Bethany will talk, it will prompt me to think of something... And then I'll be like, okay, short tangent. I'll try to loop this back quickly. And then I'll say my tangent loop. And sometimes I'll do that because I'll want to validate the person with a story from my own life. Um, But other times I will do that because I... Something emotionally is, is getting triggered by... Not necessarily triggered in a bad way, but just like it's it's peaking my awareness of something that I haven't processed, and it's it's cueing me to verbally process it. So I try a lot of times when I pick up the phone with friends, if I'm in a healthy place, I will ask them to talk first because I know that once I get started talking, I probably won't stop talking about myself. And you know what? That's not a bad thing. We need people who accept us and accept talking, us talking about ourselves. And if we're a good friend to someone, we will accept them talking about their selves, themselves. What is the English language? What is, what, what, I can't even. I odd. I can't even. Very odd. Um, and so, so when friends have cut me off in the middle of verbally processing to process something else, and then we never come back to whatever I was talking about, <laughs> like I'm, I'm pretty good about like and you know this because you listen to my podcast, I'm pretty good about going on like five rabbit trail tangents around all of, all of conversation land, but I still managed to come back around to where I started from. But people who cut me off and they don't bring it back around to where I started from, that really hurts. And then people who listen to me talk and then directly, like it's one thing to confront or challenge But something that really hurts me is when, (laughs) the example that comes to mind is I've had a lot of people say, wow, you're a really good dancer and you do ballet. Did you want to teach? 
no, I've never wanted to teach. Oh, you're a really good teacher. Have you ever considered starting up a ballet studio? No, honestly, not really, because I don't have... I've worked in retail, I love it, I respect it, but I don't have the emotional stamina to make that commitment to a group of children, to their parents, to that community. That's not how I'm wired. I have the gift of teaching. I love it. I love explaining how things work, and I love saying the same thing over seven different times so that people can understand it. Like, that is an important aspect of teaching. And while some practical people may feel, may think or feel, excuse me, may think or feel like I'm beating a dead horse, I know that's how I'm wired, and I know that that is a gift, and I have learned how to communicate with those logical people and also keep them at arm's length so that I don't reveal to them my inner self and my personal world. That's, that's not necessary. So, um, so if I'm talking with a good friend and they say, man, you should really start a ballet studio sometime. And I've already kind of told them that I never plan to start a ballet studio. I feel contradicted. I feel unheard. And, I mean, my trust in that person is weaker for them not hearing me. Like, I, I, it's, it's like it's my sixth love language or something, is being heard and people who let me verbally process. So, um... Vanessa Van Edwards, who I love and admire very, very much, um, has did an interview, or she's talked about this principle, and I can link to a specific interview, where, you know, she made the decision, she had to make the decision, did she want cotton candy friendships, did she want a broad group of casual friends that she weren't weren't real and she couldn't truly depend on or did she want a smaller close circle of quality friends and she has made the decision to live in hard truth rather than ignorance and denial and when she first the reason she came to this was she started to learn about how to detect lie people telling lies So when she learned to detect lies, she found a lot of her friends were lying both to her and also to themselves. And I'm going to be honest, people who lie to themselves, and I'm probably speaking about all of us here, self-delusion is no way to live. And whenever I recognize it in myself, I'm disgusted And whenever I recognize it in others, I'm put off. You know? I... That that goes against everything I believe in. Um, So, she says, you know, 
it's very easy to have cotton candy friendships who the and 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 woo girl friendships like woo these are the party girls these are people you see at parties and they're really fun to hang out with but you wouldn't call them if your car broke down you wouldn't call them of something if you really needed help or you were going through something and like when i had my mental illness struggle 2 years ago and i couldn't maintain friendships the way that i used to I coming back to social media, coming back and trying to re-engage in those friendships really taught me who accepted me and who didn't. And um so that kind of winnowed out my friendships for me, which was painful. Pretty excruciatingly painful. Um but The people who cared about me when I couldn't do anything for them are the ones who you keep. And a lot of times you earn those friendships by being there for them. And that's something that takes time and consistency. And I'm I'm doing this painful thing in my life where... I'm pushing away friends who I can't invest in wholeheartedly. And it's it's really painful to say that because I've there are people who are better in person than long distance. There are people who we've fallen so far behind that it's just it's just too much work to catch them up on how my life is now to the same depth that I had before and so that is the phase of friendship that I'm going into um, where I'm intentionally blowing off people that I can't keep up with and it sucks it really sucks and I feel awkward saying that but at the same time I know that I need the freedom of knowing, okay, these are who my friends are, and we have a commitment to each other, and I know that they accept me, and they allow me to verbally process the way that I need to, in a healthy way, um, and I know that I'm doing everything I can to be a healthy friend to them, so... It's a lot of heavy stuff, but there is this verse in the Bible, and Lord have mercy. Let me just look this up. Let me look this up. It's in the book of John. It's a good one. Okay, here we are. John 15. I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. That principle right there in John 15, verses 1 and 2. I want to bear hundredfold 
for the kingdom. Now, I don't know what that looks like for me, but I know that it means being a prayer warrior. I know that it means loving the people around me. And, like, America has gotten this twisted mindset of ministries being this big thing up on a stage, and that's not it at all. I've probably talked about this before, but Big Daddy Weave got off stage in the middle of their show and prayed for people and gave them business cards with a prayer email address and said, please let us know how you're doing. That was real ministry. That was pastoring. And it goes back to being small and intentional because it's more meaningful. It's more personal. And I think American Christianity, the glamour culture of fame gets is it just gets it all backwards and so yeah pushing away half-hearted friendships is painful but I want greater fruit for what God has called me to do and I know that those friendships those people are going to be fine they're believers and many of them are in healthy communities and I know we're going to get to the other side and compare notes, and it's going to be fine. I don't know how to communicate this very well to them, so I'm recording this podcast so I can verbally process out loud and figure it out, and maybe my husband will have some ideas when he comes home after listening to this. So anyways, all that to say... Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it. And I hope this has helped you think about your friendships and relationships and your homemaking and, you know, what what are you investing your life and your time and your emotional resources in? <sighs> it's heavy. It's It's just, it's really, really heavy. But I'm moving forward in faith based on what I know to be true versus living by how I feel. Because while feelings are important indicators, they're only indicators. And if I can integrate the truth in my emotions and keep walking by the truth, then I know the feelings will will come around in time. <sighs> and as a shameless plug, please subscribe to my email list. It would kind of make my day, and it's one of the best ways for me to keep in touch with um, everybody who cares about the art and wants to know what's going on so and all the social links are down below so feel free to follow and like and friend and all that good stuff not not that i'm there much but when i am there i'll be there if that makes any sense (laughs) my name is meg 
I really love my Jesus, and I believe in living inside out. Now it's your turn. Go and live it.